What's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of the Milwaukee Sports Performance Podcast, where we talk about all things related to athletic performance, rehabilitation, and wellness. My name is Michael Falk, and I will be both the host and the guest of this podcast. It is really going to be a solo cast about me talking through how you can choose your physical therapist. This is a topic that has come up recently in our clinic with several athletes that didn't know that they had a choice. They went to a different physical therapy clinic because that is where their doctor told them that they should go, and it ended up not being a good fit for their needs, and it ended up delaying their recovery. And it brought up this topic of how can you be an advocate in your own choices and in your own care and health plan. So uh, today's episode is really meant to be informational. It gives you eight questions that you should ask before you start working with a physical therapist if you are an athlete that comes that is working on coming back from an injury. All right, everyone, welcome to another episode of the Milwaukee Sports Performance Podcast. It's me, Dr. Michael Falk of Kinetic Sports Medicine and Performance, and I am not going to be joined by a guest today. Today, I'm going to be talking about eight questions that you should ask your physical therapist before you start working with them. This is really inspired by some recent patients that we've had getting started with us at Kinetic that have come to us later on in their rehabilitation plan or um, kind of as a second opinion with us and expressed some combination of disappointment or frustration that it took them so long to find us and that they spent, whether it be weeks or in one case, five months somewhere else, um, before coming in. This is sort of to try to just help give you some better questions that you should ask because often the way physical therapy works, um, commonly somebody either tells you to go work somewhere or if you go see a doctor first, they will recommend a physical therapist for you. And sometimes those are great fits and great recommendations, but sometimes those doctors maybe uh, don't know your specific needs or they don't know all of the options that are out there from a physical therapy standpoint. And so it's important to ask questions and make an informed decision about where you should go rather than just go where it is convenient, basically. And so um, I'm going to give you my take on eight things that you should ask before you pick who you want to work with to help you get back on the field. And really gearing these towards uh, for athletes specifically, I think the fit is much more important um, with returning to higher level sports or activities, whether that be golf, soccer, basketball, track and field, uh, lacrosse, baseball, softball, you name it. Um, I think the more demanding those things are, even running a marathon or doing some type of running training, uh, heavy resistance training like CrossFit or uh, really working hard in a gym in some type of competitive environment or with a personal trainer that's really pushing you. So I think the fit is even more important in those high-level um, activities and tasks for you know, just getting back to functional daily life. Um, I don't know that you need to find a specialist as much in those. And so uh, that's really what I'm going to gear this towards. So the first question that you should ask is, is about their expertise. And I'm going to cheat and actually break this up into two sections. So maybe I'm uh, giving you nine questions you should ask rather than eight. But really, uh, it is important to find an expert. And for athletes, the two questions that I think you need to ask is ask them how many athletes like yourself do they work with in a given year and ask how many times do they rehab or work with athletes that have this injury? Because you want to get a feel for day in and day out. Are they working with a general population, just you know, moms and dads and active people, but not necessarily athletes? Or are they working with athletes the vast majority of the time? And I think this is really important because the demands of athletes 
are much greater than the demands of the general public. Once you get back into a cutting, pivoting sport, um, jumping, stopping, change of dire- direction, we're talking about uh, forces that are two to three times your body weight, if not greater. So the, the tasks and the demands are very, very high level. If we're talking about a throwing sport like baseball, you know, throwing a ball is the fastest human movement that's ever been recorded. And so we really need to push athletes. And I think uh, when all you do is work with just the general kind of orthopedic population, just getting them back to functional things like walking up and down stairs, lifting things off a shelf, um, getting in and out of chairs, cars, going for walks, etc. Really important skill set. But often even injured athletes are able to do those things, right? And so sometimes we found that people just don't push athletes hard enough. And I think it's important to be somewhere that has an understanding of how hard you need to be pushed and the demands of the activity that you are getting back to so that they are able to push you and get you prepared for those stresses so that you don't go back underprepared. So um, asking how many athletes do they see, whether it be in a given day, week, year, et cetera, just to kind of understand what does their caseload look like. Asking them about their your injury. Some of this does depend how common your injury is. If we're talking about muscle strains, ACLs, uh, sh- just basic shoulder injuries, right? The day in and day out type injuries. Um, those should be seen fairly commonly um, in a clinic by someone that specializes in working with athletes. If you have some uh, injury that is very um, unusual, very rare, very uncommon, that's not that it's not going to be surprising if people either haven't seen it or don't see it that frequently. Um, but they, you want to find out how much are they working with painful shoulders, painful knees, ACL rehab, etc. Especially for the bread and butter things, tendon pain, muscle strains, ACL rehab, kind of your basic surgical conditions. You know, the magic number seems to be around 20. Um, if people are seeing at least 20 of those a year, outcomes typically tend to be better. And that's really across different medical researches, research even with surgeons and things like that, that um, if somebody's doing 20, basically seeing one every other week um, throughout the year, basically, uh, outcomes tend to be better. But just getting a feel for, do they see this a lot or do they have a specific therapist that specializes in hips, shoulders, knees, et cetera, and trying to get yourself with that person? So that's the first question is asking about expertise. The second question that I'd ask is, do you get to see the same therapist each session? So it is, in our opinion, my opinion, very important from a relationship standpoint to be able to build a bond with somebody and see the same person consistently. Um, It's going to help, I think, with outcomes slightly because that person gets to see and follow that progression all the way through. Um, And there's a lot of uh, benefit to building a trusting relationship. It's often called a therapeutic alliance with someone and being able to talk to that person, express your concerns, get feedback and be followed by the same person all the way throughout. So uh, seeing the same therapist every time you go is really important. It also ensures that you probably aren't getting passed off to aids or techs that you're actually working with that therapist. Um, how many patients do you see at the same time? And so there's different models of delivering therapy and, and one is not right and one is not wrong. Sometimes there can be great um, environments treating multiple pe- people at the same time. The way that we like to do it at Kinetic is seeing people one-on-one. We just think it gives us the time to really focus on you and your needs. And so one is not right or wrong. Uh, maybe you are someone that actually prefers working in a group because of the camaraderie and the environment. Um, but asking what is their model and how many time how much time individually will you get with your therapist um, in each session? 
I think that is very important. Um, kind of along the same lines, it's also good to ask how long those sessions are. If you are going to see that therapist, is it 15 minutes? Is it 30 minutes? Is it 45 minutes? Is it an hour? Um, just to get a feel for how much individual attention will you be getting? So I think those are very important things to ask. Um, the next one that I would ask is what type of equipment does your clinic have? So if you're an athlete, it is important to be in a, cl a clinic that is equipped with the tools to be able to push you. And so that often looks like some type of a gym setup um, with weights, typically dumbbells, barbells, kettlebells, things like that. Um, often it can be helpful to have things like boxes to do jumping on. It can be helpful to have some type of turf space or uh, some type of space to move around in, um, whether it just be open floor space in the clinic or, or some type of grass court type environment. So asking about that setup can be really important. Um, additionally, just to learn, do they have different uh, technology that they incorporate at all? So just getting a feel for what things do they have? When you ask that question, I think you're also going to get a feel for what's their approach a little bit. And if they have a lot of things that involve you laying on the table, like ultrasound or e-stim or um, laser therapy, right? Those things are all potentially helpful and good, especially as an adjacent to rehab, but um, it's never going to replace the bread and butter of your rehab program, uh, which is going to require the weights, the space, the things to actually load your system and, and drive improvement and get you back to the demands of those sports. So I think that question can also give you an idea of um, are they more going to be an active type provider where you're up and doing a lot of things? Or maybe do they focus more on passive treatments and modalities where you're kind of laying on the table? And um, again, we have a philosophy. Our patients are typically up, moving around, being pushed more. It's not to say that there's not other ways of doing it, but you need to know what's going to be the right fit for you. Um, the next thing that I would ask is what type of tools do you have to measure objective progress? And if you're an athlete, you cannot leave your progression up to chance and guesswork. You have to be able to quantify and track your progress and use objective data to make decisions. This is especially important if you're coming back from a surgical condition like an ACL, a Tommy John, something of that nature. But it's even important if you are just coming back from a hamstring strain. There's great data on the importance of measuring your hamstring strength and tracking that progress over time. So um, it is critical in our opinion to have tools to measure progress objectively. This could look like different motion capture things, force plates, and uh, devices called dynamometers that help you measure strength. That, those are the three main things that we use in our clinic. There are other things out there, but those are going to be something to quantify how are you progressing and what are you doing and is it working and are you ready for the next stage of your rehab or do we need to stay and continue to focus on the things that we've been working on because we haven't quite met those goals? So um, getting objective feedback is absolutely critical and they need to have the tools in the clinic or a relationship with someone else that can do it where you can get that information, that feedback to make good decisions and not leave your rehab progression up to essentially time and hoping that you got better rather than actually measuring and showing that you got better. The next question is, do you have a return to play process or protocol? And this is uh, anybody that works with athletes is probably going to be able to answer yes to this question because you need to have a gradual progression back into play from any injury. Obviously, the more significant the injury, the longer that progression needs to be. But no one should ever go from a PT clinic straight back to 
unrestricted play if they were out of their sport for any period of time, right? It's different if you're able to keep kind of playing through a nagging injury, but if you have to rest, whether it be for a period of one week, two weeks, or a month, there should be a kind of gradual progression back into practice. And it is important that they have that process, that they understand it, that they're able to walk you through it. Again, it should be tied to that objective information, which is why it's so important to have those tools to measure strength, power, movement, quality, those types of things. Because if you, in, in our opinion at Kinetic, that return to play process is one of, if not the most important part of the rehab. You've worked so hard to get to that, pro, to that point in time. And if you rush it, you are more, much more likely to have a setback, a second injury, to have it not go smoothly. So asking them about that, how they do that, what their philosophy is, is going to give you a feel for how do they approach that time frame. And again, how often are they dealing with athletes? If they don't really know what you're talking about or if they uh, seem very uncertain, I think that's going to start pointing you in a direction that like maybe this isn't what they do in a day in and day out basis. The next question I think is really important is, will you communicate with my coaches, doctor, strength coaches, um, essentially your team, your, your people that are supporting you and going to be involved with you getting back to your sport and activity? Um, we, one of our core values at Kinetic is teamwork because we think it's that critical that there is a team that is around the athlete that may consist of sports psychologists, nutritionists, uh, your sport coach, your skill coach, et cetera, that all are working together with you as the center point to try to help you get the best outcome. And if we don't communicate, if we don't participate in that team, we are really setting you up to, uh, I don't want to say fail, but definitely not have the optimal outcome. This model for us really started with Lauren and Maya's philosophy and experience before we came to Kinetic. Um, Lauren was at Marquette University and I was an intern with the Green Bay Packers and I got to see how uh, a performance team, a medical team should work together with doctors communicating with athletic trainers, with athletic trainers communicating with physical therapists, with the medical staff working with the strength coaches and everyone giving the information that was relevant to the coaches about that player. And seeing that process work is critical and it's what the best athletes in the world do. And there's no reason that you should not have that in your experience and in your rehab. So just making sure that the therapist will take the time to actually participate in that team, go the extra step and shoot emails or give phone calls and not put you in the middle of playing telephone. Well, my therapist said I should do this at practice or I'm not allowed to do this in the weight room where you're responsible for communicating with everyone. We think it is much better. It leads to less communication and it's much more important to actually have that medical provider be able to to communicate so that everyone can stay on the same page and make sure that you are doing what you need to be doing, what's safe for you to be doing, and that there's no miscommunications and lost time in that rehab process. The final question is asking what the cost will be to you. And I would suggest asking about costs rather than just simply asking, do you take my insurance, which is what most people do. There are different models of of providing physical therapy. Um, there's no one right way and there's no one way that's going to necessarily lead to a better outcome. Um, but there are going to be different factors that affect uh, the cost, whether a clinic is in network or out of network, um, whether you've met your deductible, what your copay is, what your coinsurance is. There is a lot of variables. And just asking if people take your insurance really doesn't give you the answer of how much is it going to cost you. And it doesn't give you the answer of, is it the right fit for you? And so really starting to ask costs, 
Um, people that work with insurance heavily might have to do some research before they can give you that number, but making sure you actually understand how much does it cost you each time you go in, what are the likely bills, and will there be uh, billing you know, two, three months down the line for things that weren't covered, just so that you have a full understanding of what those costs is. People that um, are more out-of-network providers are going to be able to be a little bit more upfront with what those costs are from the front end. So it just depends on what's the right fit for you with that model. And um, again, there's no one right way and there's no one way that prohibits you from getting good care. It's just learning what's the best fit for you. Do you want more of the personalized approach? Do you want more of, do you do better in a group setting? Um, Do you do better with um, kind of uh, maybe a male or a female provider? Do you have a preference that way? And it's just finding what is the best fit for you. So those are eight questions if you're an athlete that I think would be really good to ask a physical therapy clinic before you start to work there, even if they were recommended to you by your doctor, your coach, et cetera, because just because it worked for somebody else doesn't necessarily mean it's the right fit for you. And you need to learn and be an advocate for yourself with what is the what meets your needs, what meets your desire, what is the best fit for you to heal, recover, return to play, and ultimately return to performance and then maintain that performance and stay on the field for the long run. So hopefully this is helpful if you are somebody that is going through Uh, an injury or have a teammate that's going through an injury, please feel free to share this podcast with them so that they can learn some of these things and try to find the best fit for them to uh, get back rather than just going to what's convenient. So thank you for your time listening today uh, and we will see you guys on the next episode. Hey, wait a minute. Did you enjoy this episode? You could really help us out by leaving us a rating and a review on iTunes to help spread the word about this podcast so we can help more athletes and families just like you. We really enjoy these episodes, getting to talk to other people and sharing high quality evidence-based information to help more athletes and families in their pursuits of their goals. So if you could take a second to help us spread the word, we'd really appreciate it.